Good morning. All right. Hey, happy Thanksgiving week. This is a favorite time of the year. I know for many of us, we just, gosh, we just get to say, God, you are amazing. Thank you for all that you've done. I hope next week is just an amazing week of gratitude and thanksgiving for you. And we're in a series called Lost and Found, which we'll get to in just a second. I just want to say out of the get-go, if you're with us here, uh, first, second, third time, just kind of checking out, maybe looking for a home. I just, from our family, just want to say on behalf of our heart, so glad that you're here. And more than anything else, I just so much want you to meet God and God to have a very, very uh, just personal, personal time with us through the word. Is that, is that cool? Amen. Good. Um, I am so excited, not just about this going into this Christmas season, but as you know, um, the church, our church family, oftentimes we go through some changes. And so um, we had, a, if you're here again uh, visiting with us, one of our uh, staff, our church uh, worship leader, uh, moved to Alabama. And he did a fantastic job for us here for about five years. His name is Mark. So we've been praying and searching and looking and praying and searching and praying and looking, you know, finding someone to really lead us into the heart of worship is not an easy thing. So we believe that God has given us a directive and we've zeroed in on a guy. His name is Vito. He was here about a month and a half ago, um, getting to know us. We were getting to know him and he's accepted uh, the position here to serve with us on team. So I'm just excited. It's so excited about that. Not just for the Sunday morning experience, but we're expanding uh, the job scope a little bit. The, I should say the privilege of serving God full-time um, here at NVCC. We want to start a school of worship. We want to start an internship program. We want to have a fantastic worship team for our children's ministry and student ministries. And so there's some expanding things that we really want to do with that. And he comes with a lot of experience. And I'll tell you what, just the heart and the humility that he has was one of the things that was really, really attractive about why we wanted to pursue him. So I just believe, you know, worship is a place where we meet God's heart. And he's given us music. He's given us so many venues. It's just one of the many venues that we get an opportunity to meet God. So very excited about that. Also, um, I don't know if you know this, but something started years ago called Giving Tuesday. Are you aware of this? Where Tuesday, every once a year, they pick Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and they just encourage all Americans to give to your nonprofit organization that you want to give. So I'm asking <laughs> that you choose MVCC for a special gift above and beyond your regular giving on Giving Thanksgiving Tuesday. So, um, you know, if you're thinking about that, praying about that, we just want to continue. We are in the middle of just hopefully finishing our children's ministry renovation department and our student ministries department. We're gonna move all of our children's ministries on this side of the campus. It's a newer building. We got bigger classrooms. We have a worship center planned for the uh, young people. And so I don't know if you noticed, but uh, first second services, we've seen a lot more little kids running around, which is what we want. Children are the lifeblood of the church, and so it's in very intentional that we want to reach families and children for Jesus. So um, please know that. And then we're going to also just have, I'll, I'll share a little bit more in the weeks to come, about a year-end special gift for Mission Vale Christian Church. Um, I don't know if you've uh, driven by lately, uh, corner of Crescenta and La Paz right down here. Um, there's four corners, uh, Christmas season, they always put four corners of something there. Well, God opened up a window for us to have a nativity scene. I don't know if you saw that. We get to sponsor that. And um, yeah, I think that, that's a good thing. Here, here's why this is so, so, so on my heart. Every year we want to make sure we get our application into the city. It's intentional. If we do not do that, 
If we do not secure that space, it's not about MVCC. It's about making sure that the people in Mission Vale see the meaning of what Christmas is. There, there's a lot of different things going on on those corners. We want them to see Jesus. And so um, it's just part of our heart. It's part of what we want to do. And I just want you to know that the, 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 the funds that you give to the Lord and give to Missionville Christian Church, it's, it's about ministry. It's about reaching new people for Jesus Christ and helping you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. So it's not uh, buying you know, $5,000 rings for all of our pastors and new cars and all that stuff, which I'm sure, Pastor Scott, you might like to have a $5,000 ring. No, 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 no. Which Pastor Scott did an amazing job last week of bringing in the new series called Lost and Found. Our attendance always goes up when Scott or Pastor Zach preaches here. Our attendance goes up. I like that. So we got some good, good preachers here. And I'm just so grateful they're part of the team. Luke 15. We're going to be in Luke 15 today, finishing that chapter. I heard a podcast uh, a few weeks ago about what Americans believe about God. You want to know? God is an authoritative God. He's authoritative. He's just this big God that sets all the rules and you better not cross God. Second was a benevolent God. The God just kind of nice, kind of just a very uh, open-hearted, just kind of let, let things just kind of go, slide in and get into heaven. Everybody just gets to kind of go into heaven. Um, the, other, the other one was not just authoritative, not just the benevolent, but he was very, very, if there's a God, he was very, very distant, just kind of out there, not really involved. Um, the fourth one was critical, that he was just a very critical God, always looking for something, fault-finding that we're doing wrong, and the last one, number five, was he was a universal consciousness God. I don't even know what that means. God is just kind of out there, right? But God is very, very specific about who he is from the Bible. The Bible is what we need to return back to. We need to get back to the word of God. My heart, I, I hope your heart is with me that we need to get back to teaching the Bible in our families with our grandchildren, with our nieces and nephews, and most importantly, modeling that and telling them stories of the Bible. One of the things I appreciate so much about the Jewish culture is that they grew up with Passover. They grew up with all these festivals and feasts. And, and of course, Jesus being Jewish, he understood all that. He wrote the, the Old Testament, and it was a purposeful mindset when they had children and grandparents and the generations who used to get together and they would build these little lean-tos and they would celebrate the feast and literally for a week they would celebrate it would go kind of a camping outing in the front yard and they would literally look up into the stars and grandparents and parents would tell stories about God the richness of the old testament Stories are powerful. We are a community that builds upon stories. Stories can be passed down from generation to generation. In fact, when you study world history, the, the, the small villages and small pockets of the area where they're not so much industry, they live on the stories passing down from one another from generation to generation. And of course, the greatest storyteller is Jesus. Jesus always coupled stories with truth. So just go with me for a second. My wife and I went up to Utah uh, to do my niece's wedding a couple months ago. So we did a road trip. We're going to take a vacation going up to... Road trips are cool. I'll tell you what. I love road trips because you get in the car and you're forced to talk. 
you have to talk, right? So we did this two-day, two-and-a-half-day road trip, and so we're just talking and getting to know one another again and reconnecting. And when we stopped in one of these areas, one of the things that we do on road trips is we purposely do not plan where we're going to stay at a hotel. It's more fun. It's more spontaneous. Let's just kind of look around on the internet. Let's just, let's stay here. No, let's not stay here. Let's stay at this one. Let's go over here. Well, we stopped at a truck stop to get gas. You ever been to a truck stop? Scary. This is exactly where I think Jesus, one of the places that he would be. Imagine with me for a moment the scene inside of this truck stop that's out in the middle of nowhere. There's a small restaurant. There's a bar over here. There's uh, some boutique and some selling of, of items and things. And there's a lot of people moving in and out, going from one place to another. Just a lot of movement going on. A lot of things happening. A lot of noise. Jesus walks into this place and maybe sat down into this restaurant. And as he goes into the restaurant that's dimly kind of just lit, there's an atmosphere in that truck stop that is so primed and ready for something to happen. And let me explain. You got a waitress that's moving about over here. You have a server that's cleaning a table, clanging some dishes and glasses and cleaning up and taking orders. And there's a couple of guys here in the corner that are in some kind of this overheated argument that begins to emerge. And there's a small family over here. And there's guys that are smoking some cigarettes over here. And there's people moving in and out and just a lot of hustle, a lot of moving and, and shaking things uh, 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 in this atmosphere. And Jesus, in the midst of about 30 people in a room that only fits about 20, he walks into the room and he says, I want to tell you a story. And immediately all of the volume begins to go down because there's something about when Jesus walks into the room, things happen. When God is in the presence of where we are, things begin to happen. And the waitress is all of a sudden taking note that there's someone in here that's different. There's something, there's something setting about him. And instead of with the customers, ah, what do you want? She kind of calms down. And as Jesus begins to tell the story, I want to tell you a story about a father who had two sons. And he loved them dearly. Loved them so much that everything he had, he gave to them. He purposed when he was he and his wife got together and decided to have children. They purposed to have children and they wanted to raise them up knowing. God, their father. But unfortunately, the younger son decided as he saw all of the things that the father had put in his, on his doorstep, everything that he had at his fingertips, lived with all his life, yet he saw the world and he saw people, his friends. He got caught up in the worldly stuff and the worldly ways. He walks into his father's den one afternoon and he says, can I talk to you? Father, I've had it. I'm done with you. I hate your rules. I hate your God. I hate going to church. I resent the fact that you made me do this. You put rules on me. I'm out. In fact, I'm out in such a way that I want everything that's owed to me. I want all of my inheritance. I want everything now. Now, the most outlandish thing about this is even in that culture, that would be unheard of. For him to say, I want the inheritance, it's mine, is really what he's saying to the Father is, I wish you were dead this is so scandalous. This is so outlandish. It's so far out there. It's so extreme. It is so, this story is so epic. Even unchurched and, and non-believing people have heard the story of the prodigal son. And as we see him going off to a far, far, far country, 
He wastes it all away in things that are even unheard of, things that we wouldn't even want to mention here in church service. The things that he did were so vile and so godly, so ungodly, I mean, so, so against the things of God that he lost everything. In fact, as the story goes, everybody in that room, you still with me in the truck stop? Everybody is riveted to Jesus. And the worst part about this story is that the younger son burned every single bridge with his parents, his friends, his uncles, his cousins, people that he hung with. Every single bridge is now burned. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this where you feel so far, so far from him. When my wife and I got married, we um, decided, and this is nothing against children, I love kids, but we didn't want to have them. Because we were so caught up in ministry, we're so caught up in serving God. And we saw when we'd go into restaurants at the time when we lived in Hawaii, we'd go to different places and it was like every time we went and saw a family in some setting, mom and dad were completely stressed out, never got to eat their food, um, always distracted. And we looked over and said, gosh, this does not look like this is a lot of fun. We're having fun. We're going out to Denny's at midnight. We're going to the movies at 10 o'clock at night. We're, you know, well, let's just go to Maui next week. Yeah, let's just hop over and go to Maui on vacation. Let's just, we could just come and go as we want. We like our space. We like the freedom. And then we met Craig and Robin Metcalf in our church. And they had three little kids. And we saw them doing it right. It was such, I, I, I wish I could package what I saw for the very first time. And they were just, they were this family that just honored God. And they just loved their kids and the kids loved them. And it was just, it was just awesome. So I remember going home that week and saying, Laura, what do you think? What do you think? Should we have kids? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And there's fun doing it, right? And we decided we wanted to have kids. And we wanted so much to honor God. We wanted to honor God. How would you do this? How would you raise the kids? And in that moment, those of you that have children or grandchildren or have been around the folks that have had children, and holding that little one for the very first time, there is nothing like it. I just, I, I'm in awe and wonder of families in our church that have their firstborn. I, the first thing I say to them when they, you know, they make it to church because they get a six month, pass, six month pass. They can't go to church for six months. They can even barely stay awake. When they finally come back and they got the little stroller and then all this stuff, isn't it wonderful? I mean, there's nothing like it, is it? And it's true. And we all have high hopes for our kids. We raise them in such a way that we want them to know God. We want them to have the values that we teach them. We know that at some point they're going to be bombarded by the world. They're going to be pressed in and squeezed in, in a vice to do what God does not want them to do. And we know that's going to happen and we pray and we labor. That is what this father did for all the days of both of his son's lives. He and his wife prayed and labored and lived and sweat and, and, and all the things that you do to raise your kids because you want them so much to know God. So to hear this news, can I just say from the father's perspective, it must have been absolutely devastating. I don't know what that's like. My sons, to be honest with you, I have not had my sons. They disobey, 
but they have not completely cut us off and cussed us out and defamed the name of Jesus and say, we're gone, we are never want to see you again, I want all my stuff now, I don't know what that feels like. It must have been absolutely earth-shattering. What should he do? What should he really do? Because the book says tough love. And there's some truth to that. Let's look here. Let's read the text. There's nothing that I says really is important. It's more about what God says. And he reveals truth that I hope when you leave today, it'll never be the same And how we see God. Let's read verse 11 down to the end. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons, and the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to give his, divide his wealth between his sons. And a few days later, his younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all. Notice there, he wasted all of it in wild living. And about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and began to starve. And he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the paws he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one noticed. Every bridge is now burned. No one gave him it. Where's your friends now? Where's your party friends now? Where's everybody that you hung out with now? Where's all the so-called people that were going to stick by your side? They're gone. Out. And when finally he came to his notice, he came to his senses. What? Have you ever been in your mind so far from God? How did we get out here? How did we drift this far? How did this happen? Something just snaps you back into reality. I think he had an aha moment like that. And he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go to my father and say, father, I have sinned against heaven, both heaven and you. And I am no longer even worthy to be called your son. But please take me on as a hired servant. The lowest form of servanthood, the lowest position, wouldn't even be able to stay on the family grounds. He's even saying, I will be willing to do that. Can we go on? Let's just go on here. So he returned home to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And filled with love, watch this, love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. And he said to his son, Father, I have sinned. Notice, taking full responsibility. I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer even worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe. In the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals on his feet. Kill the fattened calf. We, have, uh, we must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead and now he's returned to life. And he was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. Anything other than a response that says, son, you are welcome home. You will always be my son. And we've absolutely destroyed the biblical picture of who God is. 
I'm not saying that God is just a God that is benevolent, that just lets us do whatever we want. There's no responsibility. But God's love, compassion, and mercy knows no bounds. I don't know if there's anyone here that feels like, how could God love me? You wouldn't believe, Mike, if the things I told you we've done this week, the things that were in my head, I can't even believe that I'm sitting here. In fact, I think there's a lot of open seats here because we got a lot of lost people that think the people that are in here have it all together. And therefore, I wouldn't come to a place like this because I'm not worthy. Do you know anybody like that? There is a considerable amount of people that, it's not that they're obstinate against church, it's not that they don't like church people, or that, sure, there's some hypocritical comments that, that people say about us, but I think the majority of people feel like they can't measure up, and therefore, I can't come to a place like this, because God will get me. This guy was absolutely broken, physically, emotionally, psychologically, and full-on spiritually, and he finally comes to his senses. Here's the question. How do I come to my senses? How do I come to a place where I understand what I have done? I take full responsibility, God. I just want to make it right with you. How does that happen? I'm so glad that we have what's called the power of the Holy Spirit in us to bring conviction. When we do something wrong, the enemy always leads us to despair. But when we choose to repent and get right with God, God always, always leads us to hope. There is always a way out. We may be sitting here thinking, you know what, Mike, I could never serve God. I could never be one of those folks that greets people out here. I could never serve in children's meetings. I could never work with students. I could never, ever stand there with a smile on my face in parking lot. In fact, I just kind of slither my way into MVCC on Sunday morning because you wouldn't believe the stuff that I did. And I would say, God already knows. And he loves us with an undying love. There is nothing that can keep us separated from God. Nothing, not death itself, nor powers, nor demonic, nor any wrongdoing that keeps us separated from God loving us. And that is the message. That is the simple message to try and go deeper, to try and improvise, to try and isolate scripture and try and cross. It is so absolutely simple that God is a God of compassion and love and mercy. And all he asks is that we surrender and we come home. There was a girl, high school girl, when we were serving in, my wife and I serving high school students years ago, that just had trouble. She came to youth group. She was, parents brought her to church. She came to Wednesday night, but there was this a point in her life where she, she came up to us one night and she said, I just can't believe like my friends believe in God. I don't know what to do. And she was frantic. She had tears in her eyes. She didn't know where, where else to go. And I just felt led at that moment. My wife was standing right there. It was a couple other leaders with us. And I said, you know what? There have been moments as a pastor, I don't know what to do. But I know somebody who does. And in my head, sometimes some of you will come and say, Pastor Mike, could you help me? I got this issue. And my head is going like this. And inside I'm going like this. God, you got to give me something right now. Holy Spirit, give me something. Give me something. Give me something. And he does. Because right in that moment, the Holy Spirit said, just pray and ask God. Ask God to help her to overcome this problem of why she can't believe. To try and introspect and get into hours of counseling and therapy and trying to figure out. And sometimes that's viable. Sometimes that's necessary. But sometimes we just need to ask God because we have no place else to go. That's where this man was. 
this younger brother had no place else to go. He, sometimes it's better that we've lost everything. Sometimes it's better that she figures out, in a, I can't believe. I don't know what to do. Every time I hear the word, I'm supposed to believe. I hear this voice in my head, don't believe it, don't believe it, don't believe it, don't believe it. He's a liar, a liar, a liar, a liar. Every time she tried to believe, that's what she heard in her head. So we just grabbed hands and we just, God, oh God, oh God. It was something like this. God, we just pray that you will just come and release her to be able to have a simple childlike faith that just believes, that just believes in Jesus Christ. And anything, I, it was something my wife chimed in and something this, my wife got into this warring kind of spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, enemy, you gotta get your hands off of this now. See, I believe in prayer covering all our bases. And sometimes there's a spiritual battle that's mixing with all this stuff. Have you ever wondered why there's some folks, you know, I'm sitting here listening to the story. Yeah, I'm with you in the truck stop. I got a friend who's so far away from God and they just will not come back. They knew the Lord and they ran away from the Lord. Anybody have any in your life like that? How come they don't come back? It might be, it might be a spiritual component that's added into this mess. And when we take authority in the name of Jesus Christ, I don't know, something began to happen because as soon as we opened our eyes, as soon as we released hands, this young girl with tears in her eyes said, I believe. I believe. And right on the spot, we led her to, let's just pray and receive Jesus right now because we can't give the enemy one more spot, one more space. And she prayed to receive Jesus Christ as her savior. Been in church all her life. Been in the house her father's house all her life, but never, ever knew him. Belief and repentance are powerful. I, I know that's not a powerful message. I know that's not a powerful, we don't want to use the word repentance because we scare people away, but that's exactly what this son did. He got on his hands and knees and knew that he was nothing without his father's love. Nothing without his father's acceptance. The only place he could go was to go up. Psalm 51, 17, David says this, my sacrifice, oh God, is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. You, God, I love this, will not despise. You will not turn away. God will not turn away from us. It doesn't matter what we've done, where we've been, what we've thought, who we've been with. God will never turn his his eye away from us. Acts 2.38 says, repent, Peter says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I will bring forgiveness of sins. And I will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? The Holy Spirit is a gift where God lives inside of you. you know, I don't know if a few weeks ago you saw those folks from our Spanish service get baptized. Pastor Julio had been sharing with them and loving with them and giving them the gospel and taking them through discovering God. It's a three-week thing on how to meet Jesus for the first time. And I'll tell you, I never get tired of the testimony. I never get tired of the story of how somebody came to Jesus Christ or have they fallen away from the Lord and they've come back. It was this amazing three-person testimony about God's faithfulness. At the end of the day, it's not about them. It's not about their stories. It's about a faithfulness of God that never changes. He never wavers. He never stops loving us. And I love about this is the father saw, he saw his son and he runs to him. 
He runs before the father can, before the son can even get out the story, to before, before the, fa- the son can even get out the explanation of what happened. He throws his arms around him, he kisses him, puts a ring on his finger, a robe on his back, sandals on his feet. So beautiful, the significance of all of this, that the son finally realized he resolved and he returned. He realized, he resolved, and he returned back to his father's love. And the significance of all of this is that ring back in the day when they put a ring on your finger, it was the insignia of the family. The family name was on that ring. That was what they used to interchange and do exchange and things in that culture. So to not have a ring on your finger meant that you were lost. You were not connected to family. So that ring on his finger means you are my son. You have always been my son. You will always be my son. This, this, is, this is bigger than just having a gold ring on his finger. This is about you are in the family. You have never, ever, ever, we have never casted you out. Even though you ran away, you've always been mine. I don't know if there's somebody that just needs to hear that today, that you have always been mine. God says to you right now in your spirit, you've always been mine and you will always be. I would never, no matter if my sons go off the deep end, to the highest of heights to go off the deep end of life, I would never, ever say to them, you are no longer my son. Never. And that's God's love. The robe is beautiful, signifying royalty, that we are covered. Just imagine this robe that goes over the, 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 the younger son's back. You are covered with my love. You are covered with my acceptance. Everything I have is yours. And the sandals, it wasn't just to cover his feet. It was to say, you are now free. You are free. They took your shoes away in the far country, didn't they? We know how things go. Your shoes are taken away. You have no freedom. You are bound to the person who owns you. But now I give you these sandals because you are now free in my house to enjoy everything. Do we have to mention the older brother? Because this is where it's going to hurt. Those of us who are like, you know, Pastor Mike, this really doesn't apply to me. I believe and repented, give my life to Jesus. I'm serving him on the mountaintop. Praise God. But we can fall into a place that this older brother fell into. What's going on over there in the, the guest house? Fat and calf, people are partying. There's helicopter a band that's being dropped in. We got M&Ms everywhere, prime rib. People are partying, coming from all over the town. What in the world is going on? Hey, dad, what's the deal? What's going on? Well, it's your son or, or my son, your brother. He's back. In fact, once he was lost, once he was dead, now he's made alive again. He's home. We're partying. Join the party. Join the party. Are you kidding me? I've been here all my life. Watch this. I've never left your rules. I've never left your home. I've done everything. Watch, I, I, I. This is my church. We gave money to this church. That's my seat. That's my parking lot. This is my place. That's my worship style. Hear what we do? 
I can so easily fall into the, oh, you're getting all uncomfortable right now. There's some shifting, there's some crossing of arms. It's okay. We're all in this together. Just open up your hand. We're all in this together, right? I have found myself in that very same place. Let me tell you how it happens for me. I'm doing uh, Little League for my kids, and I'm looking as one of the, I'm one of the assistant coaches on Michael's team, and I'm looking over these guys who are cussing and smoking, and they got beer in their uh, uh, cooler, and I'm saying, what the heck are they doing? What is the matter with them? We're at a kid's Little League game and he's screaming and yelling at the umpire. And I'm judging this guy and he doesn't know the Lord. He's lost. I have lost the compassion. I have lost my heart for people that are lost. That's the saddest part of the story. It really wasn't the younger son. It was the older son that is the saddest, most tragic, most horrific part of the story because he had everything, everything his father had given him. Son, everything I have is yours Everything that I have will always be yours. He missed, it was sitting right in front of him. The saddest thing about this is he was so religious. He was so rule bound. He was so in the structure of religion and rules and have to that he missed the freedom and the love and experience where he couldn't be in the party and experience this incredible moment with the younger brother. He missed out on an opportunity. How many of us are missing out on opportunities for ministry of reaching people who are so lost because we're so stuck as the older brother? The American church is stuck. I don't mean that judgmentally. I just mean that as an assessment. And I include myself in that we are stuck. If we were free, if we were in the Father's house and knew that everything that he had forgiven us for, and if we truly repented, I'm not talking about following rules. I'm not talking about just doing what's right. I'm talking about come to this place where we are tearfully crying. We understand we are so unworthy and God wouldn't accept me back, but I'll come anyway. That is the heart he's looking for. When we've been touched by the love of Jesus Christ, we, are, we see others the way Jesus sees them. When we are touched with the love of Jesus, we see others the way he sees them. And now when I go to my, 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 my neighborhood and pull into my driveway, I look to my right and I look to my left and I see my neighbors, some of them that are lost. And my heart breaks for that. My heart breaks for them. God, give us that heart again. Bless us with that heart. And the only way that I know that we can have a heart that is so passionate about seeing lost people the way Jesus sees them is to repent, to get down on our knees and say, God, forgive me, I have been the older brother. Maybe that's what some of us need to hear today. Well, I got my Holy Spirit on. I got my worship service on. I go to church, I got my fill, I go about my day when I've missed people around me that are just so long. Somebody told you about Jesus Christ, didn't they? Somebody invited you to come to a service. Somebody invited you to go to a harvest crusade. Somebody invited you to think about faith. Someone reached out to you. Where is the life-saving ring for those that are dying and drowning out there? That's the message that Jesus wanted, I believe, his people to understand. Amen. So here's four things and we'll wrap up. What do we do with all this? That's why we're so passionate here about a simple state and statement that just comes out of Matthew 28, real love on mission. Yes, Can we just love people for free? and not ask all the questions and not judge them, what I've found in my own life is that God will work all that stuff out. God will work all that stuff out in somebody's heart. What I want to do is help them to put their faith in Jesus Christ 
and then he'll work out all the stuff. That's what he did. I did not come to Jesus Christ because somebody said, or because I said, well, I met somebody who didn't go to the movies. I, I met somebody who followed all the rules. I, I met somebody that I saw something different in them. It was a genuine heart. I saw the love of Jesus Christ in my sister. I saw her whole life changed. That's why I accepted the invitation. Yes, there was a blonde that I wanted to date. That was the only reason that got me there. But I really saw through. I wasn't willing to admit it because I was so stinking prideful. I saw her life change. Where's the life change? Where's the transformation? Where's the Holy Spirit power back in our lives and back in the church? It comes when we fall to our knees. Say, oh God, oh God, oh God, I need you. So make a decision now. Here it is. Make a decision now to know God. So, well, Mike, I already know God. I know you do. But I want you to go deeper with him. I want you to go so intimately deeper with God that, the, that you won't be able to walk through the grocery store or go into the bank the next time without tears streaming down your face or something inside of your spirit saying, does that tell her that I've seen for the last six months? Where is she at with faith? Where is he at with God? God, what would you want me to do? Number two is just get to know. If you're far, far away, make your way back now. That's the wonderful thing. It's not like, well, come back next week. You can accept Jesus now. Give your life to Jesus now. If you've fallen away from Jesus, don't be embarrassed about that. We all do. We are all lost. The scariest thing is being the older brother and being lost in the house. That's the worst part about all this. So if you're far away, just come back now. Lord Jesus, I just give you my life now. You know what I've done. I know what I've done. I'm so embarrassed by it. Please forgive me for all the stuff, God. And he promises he will forgive you. And then this is the third one. I really want you to get to know God at Mission Vale Christian. I, 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 I want, see someone here at Mission Vale Christian that walks with God. Look for a godly man, a godly woman, a godly teen. Somebody here who's like, you know what? I want to watch, what, how do you have a relationship with God the way you do? God's formed us because we are interdependent. We are relational by nature. And that's a good thing. It's good to be in a life group. It's good to be in a small group. It's good to be in a service team together. When we get to know one another, it's like we, 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 get, we rub against one another and we get to see Jesus in a whole new way. That's, that's one of the ways of getting to know God. Here's, I put this in here because... I don't think we're reading our Bibles. Sorry. You know, I'm not here to be a friend and make you feel good. I'm here to push you and challenge you. If you're not reading your Bible and you know Christ, open the Bible. It's okay. Open it up and start reading. Well, where do I start? I start right at the beginning of the New Testament. And once you finish the New Testament, you go to the Old Testament. They have all these reading programs. You can read through the whole Bible in here. It's fantastic. Or say, well, you know what, Pastor Mike, I don't like to read. They got Bible apps. We got one on our NBCC app. You can get the Holy Bible. I do this sometimes in the morning. I'll hit the play button and listen to the word as I'm getting ready. However you get that word in, 107.9 on the radio. Put it in, in and out of the car. I'm listening to a message. Get that word in there. If I do not have connection, to the word I'm just floundering in the house the word is what connects us to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the last one is this can I just say this let's just be the church let's just be the church I thank God for what we have I thank God that we have a campus but this is not the if they took the campus away are we still the church absolutely because we 
knew that we were lost. And now we are in a passionate pursuit for people that have been just like us. I know exactly where you were. Man, can I tell you the way? I, I tell you what, I just telling your story, your faith story to somebody, inviting someone here to MVCC, people are looking for someone that they can trust and they will come. They will come. Jesus died on a cross. Ultimately, he died. He laid down his life and he came back to life on Sunday morning so that we could be found. Father, I'm so grateful that in this moment of telling a story, that God, there's so much truth connected to it. And I thank you for the one simple truth. You'll never stop loving us. And Jesus, that makes me want to love you. That makes us want to obey you. It makes us want to follow you. And I pray, God, for MVCC that there's a whole new beginning. I pray, God, for a transformation by your Holy Spirit power, even in this moment where we are just tenacious to love you and love people into the kingdom. Once we were lost, and now we're so grateful, God, that you found us. This is my prayer, God, for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So... The last few moments of our service, I, do, I don't want to skip over this too quickly. Could you just stay with me for the next three minutes? Because I have that visual that I see the father throwing the robe over the son's back and embracing him and kissing him is the story of the cross. When they stripped the robe off of Jesus' back and they beat him and tortured him and scourged him, that was to bring us home. I found something that I just wanted to show you in preparation just as we have communion this morning. Inside the seat back of your, in front of you, there's a small emblem of, of juice and, and some bread just to remember that Jesus died. His blood hit the ground so we could be forgiven. And, and I think this story, just stay with us here for just a few minutes and then I wanna invite you to have some prayer and take communion with the Lord. since we talked, I was, you know, was kind of hoping you'd answer, but um, I understand you probably don't want to talk to me. I've just gone so far, and the things I've done, I, I just regret it, you know? And I know how bad I've hurt you and let you down, but, but Dad, I, I miss you. I miss how we drive around and just talk about life. And I just, I just want to come home. But I know you've probably written me off. I can't blame you, actually. 
here's the thing. It's kind of a shot in the dark, but I'm, uh, I'm coming through town soon, and, and I'd really just like to see you. I know I can't just show up at the front door like I used to, but, but if you want to see me, just hang a small sheet out on the porch. If the sheet isn't there, when I drive by, I'll keep going, and, and I'll try not to bother you anymore. I love you, Dad. We thank you that you've covered us, Lord, with your perfection, your righteousness, Lord. As we have these few moments, Lord, we have all down, traveled down that, that dusty road, God. And thank you that you laid out your life so we could come home. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m., We'd love to have you here and we'll see you next time.